Welcome to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Is it possible that UFOs are not extraterrestrial? Has the government or somebody already weaponized the paranormal? With 2012 as the end of the world long gone, that's that sort of craze, uh, where, if anywhere, are we headed? Hey there, and welcome to the 555th edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. I am Ben, and those strange questions came from my co-host and partner in the paranormal, my dad. And this evening, we are very pleased to have right here in our little studio one of the uh, first and greatest UFO researchers of, um, well, of all time, and an aficionado of all things paranormal as well. And uh, we welcome your calls this evening. It's 401-766-1240 locally. Or from anywhere in the U.S. or Canada, 800-449-1240. Timothy Green Beckley is a pioneer in paranormal research. He is an author, publisher, and producer. Mr. UFO, as he is known, is probably the longest standing and most famous of all UFO investigators. He says that the paranormal has been part of his life since childhood. He reports having his first out-of-body experience at the age of six and saw his first three UFOs at the age of ten. In the early 1970s, he founded the UFO Investigators League and over the years has written over 30 books on everything from rock music to the secret majestic 12 UFO papers. Interlight Global Communications, Conspiracy Journal, Abelard, and other names are imprints of Tim's publishing company. He keeps the rarest and most unique books on the subjects of conspiracies, UFOs, aliens, giants, Bigfoot, etc. in print and available for all researchers. We have several of them in front of us right now. His works are the source material for a number of History Channel shows on UFOs, aliens, men in black, ancient aliens, and much more. He is the author of Mystery of the Men in Black, the UFO Silencers, with an intro by the late, great John Keel. His websites include www.hiddenmysteries.com, teslasecretlab.com, and conspiracyjournal.com. And you said that his Hidden Mysteries oh. was not... No, that's not my. Uh, that was my printer's. Uh, oh, I'm reference. sorry. I thought it took the uh, body. That, that's okay. But you know, hey, I, I got a, a, a great deal here. We just started our own uh, paranormal uh, channel on YouTube, so it's free. I think there's about a dozen interviews up there posted. You know, I take my little uh, camera uh, with me as I travel around the uh, country, and I interview some uh, fabulous uh, people. People who've had experiences. Uh, people who claim they, they've seen uh, uh, entities, got aboard UFOs. It's all wild and, and woolly, and of course it's up to the uh, uh, viewer or the listener to uh, decide. But you can go over to uh, YouTube. It's Mr. UFO's Secret Files, and there's some really good uh, interviews. In fact, uh, our show last show was posted up there, and um, got some great stuff. Check uh, Tom Dongo out and um, Ted Phillips. I think two of the best uh, interviews up there, and it's uh, li live, oh, yeah. and, uh, live, and I take my uh, little camera with me, and it's not Hollywood, uh, but it's uh, unbalanced, unfair, and uncensored. That's there we are. <laughs> and and, and un unedited. Well, there's the little camera right now. And, uh, we'll have to keep it uh, edited tonight because we're FCC regulated. So. Uh, well, that's that's all right. I'll just, you've got the... Uh, the, the thing that mutes the mic. <laughs> uh, actually, we don't. <laughs> no, we, we do not have Should one have of those. Should have said that to the caller. Uh -huh. Well, in any well, case, now uh, we know. Uh, um, so, Tim Beckley, welcome yeah. back to well, Behind the Paranormal. Well, this is my third or fourth time on the show, I think. Yes, I, I believe it's your third or fourth time. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's like we're like family. 
We are. In fact, I'm moving in next week. (laughs) Oh, okay. I'm taking Ben's room. He doesn't know it yet. (laughs) It's okay. You can have it. (laughs) You'll have to uh, bring in the excavator yourself. Anyway. Okay. Let's start with a little something uh, uh, local. Um, yes. Local interest, uh, yeah. interest, interest, interest mm-hmm. to our, our audience here in uh, Woonsocket. The late, great uh, Joe Ferrier hosted the afternoon talk yes. show here on ON 12:40 for 50 years, and we, he was on before us yeah. uh, some some weeks as well. And he was a prominent UFO researcher yes. in, the, in the 1960s. Mm-hmm. How and when did you get to know Joe? Well, you know, when I was um, a teenager, I put out a, a newsletter. I've published. I don't know how many newsletters, magazines, edited um, stuff on the newsstand. I mean, uh, I guess that's been my kind of uh, line of work. Uh, Magazine packager and book uh, publisher, not just for myself, but for other people. Uh, Anyway, when I was a a, a teen, there were a lot of teenagers that were interested in the field. In fact, some of them are still around, uh, kind of, uh, you know, retired. They're all kind of my, uh, uh, we were teenage ufologists, now we're senior citizen uh, <laughs> ufologists, you know, my, how the uh, years do go by. Uh, but I put out a, um, uh, a little uh, mimeograph magazine called the Interplanetary News Service Report, and Joe had a uh, publication. Now, later on, he put out a pretty slick magazine called Probe, but he had another little uh, magazine that he was also uh, mimeographing. He had a, a, a partner, uh, his name was Armin Laprade, who lived around here, I guess, and they, we used to exchange newsletters. Uh, it, uh, people disappearing. I remember he had a, an article about a woman who went out to um, take the clothes off her line, uh, clothesline. She was never seen again. Around here? You know, I don't remember. I mean, I, I could lie and say uh, yes, but that's yeah. 50 years ago, and I, I don't know, uh, uh, you know, maybe she'll appear in the studio tonight with the Dirty laundry, <laughs> or maybe clean laundry, I'm not sure. But mm-hmm. uh, uh, anyway, so we exchanged magazines, and in those days, people actually corresponded. You know, we wrote letters on terrible typewriters, looking back at them. I don't know how anybody could read this stuff on um, onion skin paper, which is like the thinnest paper in the world. I remember so, that. But you could yep. make six or seven copies, and then you would send the carbons to other people so you could share in the correspondence. That was mm-hmm. the uh, kind of like a, you know, a, an Internet group would be uh, today or That's even right. a, a, an email. And then it got to the point where we uh, were sending cassette, uh, not cassette tapes, they were reel-to-reel tapes, small ones. Mm-hmm. We had a little portable reel-to-reel, and we'd send that around. And, and so I, I guess I talked to Joe a few times on the, uh, the telephone, and we exchanged the uh, uh, magazines. And uh, then I guess he invited me up to do the show, uh, that he was uh, the host on. And uh, so this is actually, uh, uh, I don't know, how many, almost 50 years. I don't remember exact date. But if anybody there out in the listener land has an old copy of the Midnight Newspaper, which was the Globe that uh, turned into the Globe that's at the, uh, sold in the supermarket. There no, was not a, the Boston Globe. The, the no, Globe. no, no, no. Yeah. This is the yellow the journalism, tabloid. the tabloid, yes yes, yes, yes. And in those days, it was a lot, you know, a lot uh, stranger than it is now. Anyway, I remember the headline story was, uh, I, I had investigated the uh, sightings made by astronauts, uh, UFO sightings, oh, a yeah, long, yeah, long yeah. time ago. And for some reason, I guess, the paper asked me to send it a, you know, a photograph to use with the article. And I had one, I guess, that Joe had sent me of sitting here at the microphone, not the same uh, location for the studio, but the, he and I were in the in the studio, and he was interviewing me. Well, I don't know how young I was. I wish I could find a photograph. Uh, I had uh, crew cut, horn, black horn rimmed glasses, and the acne still showed on my face. So I, I must have been, I don't know, 18 years old in the photograph. So that had to be pushing 
50, 50 years ago, between 47 and 50 years ago. And then Joe and I uh, stayed in touch, but not all that uh, you know much. He had his career. He did publish a, a magazine later on. He took some incredible UFO photographs. Now, if you go to the Internet and you type in Joseph, I believe it was the middle name, uh, initial was L, yeah. Ferrier, you'll get some really wild uh, uh, photographs. I mean, I think that these things were real. And I saw photographs that he showed me, and I have somewhere in my uh, huge, huge files, if I ever find anything, photographs. That, I mean, there was one that showed a cigar-shaped mothership in the sky surrounded by five of these kind of bell-shaped um, uh, uh, craft, scout craft or yeah, something. Yeah, I was taken, I believe, in Cumberland, Rhode Island. Yeah. Just well, this one looked like it was taken outside his window. Hmm. Uh, there were, I don't know. There are some people who seem to have the knack of attracting UFOs and being able to photograph them. That is a strange thing. Uh, okay. There's an, uh, another fellow who's deceased now as well by the name of Paul Villa. Uh, who was from New Mexico, and he had these things. They landed in the, you know, they they were landing outside his uh, trailer where he lived. Now he had a lot of stuff, in the, and this is also on the internet. Uh, in fact, we published a book of his his photographs. Um, and, and you know, you can say, well, maybe he tossed something in the sky and and, and photographed it. But you know, the weirdest thing is, is he's got this dome sh- uh, shaped craft there. Looks like it's got portholes around it, and in the sky are these three or four metallic balls. I mean, is he a juggler? He, put all, he did all this stuff at the same time. And the same for Joe. I mean, I, I didn't know Joe that well. I don't think he was a, uh, a hoaxer. And how do you get a mothership in, 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 in five scout craft into the sky? Uh, unless, and it doesn't look like it was – I know a little bit about photography. It doesn't look like it was done in a, in a, in a dark room. And this is, of course, long before uh, Photoshop and the Internet and, yeah. and anything no, else. No, I agree. So, yeah. I, and, and he – um, was on the air here. You did interview him once. I believe it's in your archives yeah. where he tells some bizarre stories about this uh, couple. He got into the uh, the back of their automobile. I guess he was a kid yeah. and he was hitchhiking yeah. or something. From Hartford back to yeah, yeah. Hartford. And, 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 and there were these weird blinking black boxes mm-hmm. in, in the back of the car. And he asked him, well, this is before... Uh, Homeland Security, or today you you know stop and call nine one one or something. Sure, but yeah. the, okay, so he asked them uh, what they were doing with this, and he said uh, the the couple said, well, we really can't talk about it, but it's for something to the effect for the uh, the security or the benefit of your planet. So he must have known even at the whatever young age that there was something peculiar mm-hmm. about this couple because. Why would somebody say something like that? I mean, we weren't, we weren't even into kind of like UFO motif today. Now, if some new ager said something like that, he wouldn't really uh, you wouldn't know, think twice, twice about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. But what were those black boxes? Who was this couple? And why would you make up a story like that? You know, yeah. I don't know. And he had some other. He took these photographs. And then there was another gentleman. I guess maybe they were, they're, they were friends. I'm not even sure what their relationship was. There was another fellow by the name of Harold Trudell who I guess lived in the area here, who also is credited uh, for taking some of the photographs. But I see some of them are credited to Joe on one website, and some of them are credited to Harold uh, on the other. So I'm not sure uh, yeah. w- uh, which is what. Now, my uh, uh, former associate, Harold Sulkin, who we also shared an apartment in New York for a couple of years, actually co-published this uh, magazine with uh, Joe called Probe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they didn't really know too much about distribution, and I think there was only a couple of issues uh, printed. But they got some pretty fantastic uh, photographs uh, in there. 
I think I'm going to take a, do a book on uh, UFO contactee repeaters, the people that take UFO photographs all the time, because it's outside of Joe and Paul Villa, I forget about Billy Meyer, I don't believe his pictures, but mm. uh, there are a lot of other people that have had this talent. And they never get any credit because nobody really cares. Mm-hmm. There was a, a woman who lived up in New Hampshire by the name of Stella Lansing. Now, you give this woman an 8mm camera, and you take the film out, and you project it, and there were, all ki- there were faces on there, and there were clocks, and all kinds of weird things that were going on. She never – you give her any kind of camera, and something strange was happening. And, of course, the, the scientists just like today, that they, oh, it's fake, and it's phony, and it's light getting into the camera, and this and that. Well, it wasn't. You know, I mean, it, it's just she was doing something strange. I, I think now most of this is uh, uh, mental. I don't mean mental in the sense that, uh, you know, they're, they're uh, off the wall or whack a ding hoy or anything like that. Uh, it's, it's a psychic thing. Some people have the ability to bring in the phenomena, and uh, weird things happen around them, and I'm sure it's the same way you guys know in the, yeah, like the paranormal. The, the Ted Serial. Yeah, the, Ted Serial. Yeah, yeah, I knew him. He had the eyepiece. Yeah, he can too. actually look at, into yeah. the lens of a camera, or even a pack of film that wasn't even yeah. in a camera, yeah, and yeah. what he was thinking would appear, yeah, and I saw him do it. Yeah, well, this is the same. Stella Lancey could do the same thing, too. Yeah. I, I think it got to the point where... Uh, she didn't even have to put the film in the camera. And the, yeah, exactly. well, now, you know, even Betty Hill, I, I know uh, during the uh, the end no, of Kathy her, Martin's aunt. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah. Betty used the to Betty go and Barney Hill yeah, case. Yeah, Betty used to go out at yeah. night with her camera and see all kinds of strange things in the sky. But people say, oh, she's just seeing airplanes and mm-hmm. she wants to believe or they're coming back and this stuff. Well, I don't know. I, I, I knew Betty somewhat. I mean, I talked to her on the phone a couple of times and, of course, met her and, uh, and all. But um, I, I don't know. There, there just seemed to be some people who attract uh, paranormal phenomena. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking of Jerry Warner too, Ben. Uh, Jerry, now this is—he's not a UFO photographer, but he, he gets these strange uh, cloud, almost like smoke art. Yes. And we've—I've looked at that very closely, and he—he just—we found him on the show, and it's, it seems to me to be legitimate. It's certain people, as you say, do mm-hmm. tend to attract certain sor- sorts of, of photographic yeah. evidence. Okay. I, well, I now here, here's a question for you: Is it the people that are attracting it, or is it because they're in some? Uh, window area or some uh, area that's prone to have paranormal... Um, uh, I'm, I'm thinking of a couple of places. There, on the yeah. YouTube, uh, the Mr. UFO uh, Secret Files, there's an interview that I did with uh, Tom Dongo in uh, Sedona. Now, Tom has a huge scrapbook. It's bigger than any of the books that I, that I uh, bought in uh, today to give you guys. Uh, and it's all filled with color photographs of... Orbs, but we're not talking about light, spe- you know, light specs or, or um, uh, what do you call it, the, the yeah. raindrops Dust on the film. Or or no, no, yeah. 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 No, we're talking about things going this way, going that way, different colors and all. And most of his orbs were taken on this place called the Bradshaw Ranch, which was, in in Sedona. It was bought out in by Sedona, the government. Arizona. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was bought out by the um, uh, the uh, government. To uh, I think they were going to make it into a, oh I don't know something for children I exactly remember but they bought it out and they've never used it and of course now there's no trespassing signs all over the place but people do manage to to, to sneak in because the the wires are down and the fences rotted and mm. and stuff like that but Tom has even done a couple of books just with all these photographs and all these weird lights and of course then you got the Skinwalker Ranch in Utah oh, sure, yeah, yeah which is uh, fairly uh, famous yeah we're and, in um, Connecticut now we we've been working yeah. at. and which one though? 
Uh, well, we call it Connecticut Skinwalker Ranch. Is that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You have to come to uh, exit well, the Well, I was just going to say, I, you know, I haven't done a real good uh, uh, in-person paranormal investigation. Uh, well, in we'll a, talk about that uh, yeah, later yeah, on. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, there's another place, um, Black Forest in Colorado, where this fellow uh, lives on this property. This has been on, I think it's on Strange uh, Universe, or maybe it was Sightings. Sightings. Uh, has a cabin, uh, lives in the, uh, you know, in the forest, a very nice ca- uh, log cabin. I mean, expensive, nice log cabin. Uh, and uh, all these weird lights and stuff are seen coming out of the trees, coming out of mirrors in the house. Uh, in fact, he's had uh, several researchers and uh, I think a local politician, one of the senators were there, and there's writing that it, it sounds more like a, um, a poltergeist than a, than a UFO well, thing. That's it. But he, bla- he blames it on, on the, the CIA and mind control. He thinks that... Uh, uh, the government has some sort of underground or, or base or something uh, yeah, going on there. Another story. He, he's seen. Uh, he claims he's seen. You know, like guys dressed in black or military uh, ops uh, uniforms, going into uh, the barn or the doghouse or something. Mm. Something there. So he. That's how he uh, explains it. But it kind of all looks the same. Maybe they can duplicate the phenomenon, or maybe they're out there investigating it and trying to Who chase knows? it. Trying to chase him off the land or mm. something. You know? It's like a Scooby-Doo kind of thing. (laughs) I wanted to ask you, Tim, one thing Joe told us uh, several times, and I believe you mentioned it on that show, where he said that he had said things that he never said publicly. That's right, yes. Is that um, he, this all kind of started to get to him. Yes. And he said he wanted his life to go back to normal, so he gave it all up, which is why it's it's mostly the old-timers in the field who have heard of Joe, a lot of the younger ones haven't. And he said he gave it up. Gave up the magazine, pro magazine, all that stuff, and, the, and his life went back to normal. Well, you know, I mean, how, now how come people like you and I? Yeah. Well, I can't say I have a normal life, but I don't know about you. Well, I, my, my life is pretty um, uh, abstract. Maybe you get used uh, to abstract. I, 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 I would say I've never been. I think we discussed this before. I'm not much on authority. I've always been my own, uh, my renegade uh, self. You know, yeah, ever yeah. since I was a. Uh, a teenager. I've never done. Uh, Don't fit you know, the mold. N- no, no, mm. I'm, n- I'm not another brick in the uh, the uh, wall. Yeah. I, my my brick is crumbled. I'm afraid. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I always thought that was an interesting comment. Uh, but you know, I don't see. I, I, you know, I never. Where, when I was growing up and where I lived, I never tried to get attention drawn to me, like in the no, local newspaper or something like that. You know. 50 miles away was fine. If I went to Cleveland or something, you could put me on the front page, mm-hmm. but not, uh, you know, on the, the local uh, yeah. uh, newspaper because I had to deal with, deal with people, you know, uh, uh, that may. Uh, but today, you know, today, first of all, I wouldn't, ca- I don't care. And I don't think the the, um, the subject has that much of a stigma as it maybe uh, used to. But again, no. perhaps on, on where you, you know, what community it is that you, you live in, I know. Jeez, I remember one time I had graduated from school many, many years before, and I read into my English teacher in the street. And I was not a very good uh, student. In fact, when it came to English, it just barely passed, but I published 200 books. So I guess that <laughs> kind of worked out. Because he never told me you can hire a proofreader. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, he came up to me on the street and he said, I understand you're a writer and publisher. Can you get me published? Oh my gosh. Oh, okay, but you know, you know what I told him, and I've told a lot of people this. Mine is a very small niche uh, market uh, here. Mm. I've tried other things. I've written a lot of music books. I, you know, I met Jimi Hendrix. I knew his chauffeur pretty uh, uh, good. Uh, John Lennon came to one of my um, uh, rock and roll concerts, 
And any time I tried to deviate and get into something else, uh, the books would stack up in the garage. It just wasn't what I was uh, what I was doing, and yeah, I didn't I have the, yeah. the same distributors who handle Strange Saga, T. Lobson Grappa are not the same ones that are going to sell uh, you know music uh, books. In fact, mm -hmm. they would turn down. Uh, you know, I mean, I wouldn't even offer it to, to them because they just isn't gonna. Well, now, now, I had another question here. You, you're one of the few people who has been at this really since uh, almost the beginning. Uh, a second, I, I consider my sec, uh, myself second generation. Second generation, yeah, right, yeah. right. Jim Mosley, Gray Barker, sure. they, they would have been first generation. Anybody who was in it from uh, 1945 on, which are very few. I mm. guess Stanton would go back uh, a few uh, years. Well, I always joke with him. He started in, in UFO research when I was in kindergarten. Uh huh. 1957, 1958. Okay, so he he would have been back a little bit uh, uh, before, but yeah. I got into it. I think the first magazine I bought, well, I bought Fate magazine on the uh, on the newsstand. It was thirty five cents in oh, those dear days. Dear old Fate. Uh -huh. yeah. It had had thirty pages of advertising. I <laughs> yeah. mean, when, uh, you know, magazines were sure uh, the uh, the internet the of the, the day. Yeah. And you got paid mm -hmm. for articles and mm -hmm. you had to pay for ads. And today it's all a, a trade out or or nothing at all yeah. or something. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> But uh, anyway, so I, I bought Fate magazine, and then I think in 1957, it would have been 10 years old, there was a magazine on the newsstand. I think it was the same people who put out uh, Confidential magazine, which had all <laughs> yeah. the scandals in it. Of yeah. course, it was a garish red and yellow cover, and this one was something like True Space Mysteries, and I still, yeah. I, I still have a copy of it. It's kind of... Folded in half from the, uh, you know, from the uh, turning into dust after all these years. But it had actually some of the same UFO photographs that they show today because there aren't really all that many uh, pictures. And, and, and you know, I read that magazine over and over. And then I went and I took uh, every book that I could find in the library and read it. In those days, it would have been like Major Kehoe. When I was in the fourth grade, and this gets back to my synchronicities, and I'm not sure whether I told this on the uh, air before, but uh, when I was in the fourth grade, I read a book by Gray Barker called They Knew Too Much About Flying Saucers. It was the original book on the men in black, told about how this Connecticut researcher, Albert K. Bender, had been visited by these three men uh, with fedor black fedoras and trench coats and you know glasses and whatever, and they they silenced him and warned him never to talk about UFOs uh, again. And he suspended publication of his magazine uh, Space World. Um, so anyway, I wrote a this review of this book uh, when I was in the uh, the fourth grade. I remember it was in red pen. Red pen. Uh, I think I have it there somewhere online uh, notebook uh, paper, and I got a B plus. Well, heaven forbid for me to get a B plus uh, on on anything was a, a miracle in those days. Well, little did I know that my first three books would be published by Gray Barker, mm -hmm. and that when he passed away, I went and I bought the last fifty hardcover copies of They Knew Too Much About Flying Saucers, which was the book that I did the book report on when I was in the fourth grade. <laughs> so I, I, I guess that's a that's a kind of a synchronicity. Something but like I, that. Yeah, I, I always uh, said that you know when I grew up I wanted to be like Jim Mosley and and Gray Barker, and some people poo poo me to this day for that. But <laughs> well, there you go. How, how they is, have a controversial, I guess, background. You yeah. Know? Yeah. How has UFO research changed since those days? I mean, you know a lot of the current people, Peter Robbins, a lot of yeah. people we know. So, well, you know, I'm not sure that it has. To be to be uh, honest, uh, in other words, it's gotten nowhere. 
Well, yeah, I would. Yeah. Well, you know, any of the to me, any of this. I, I read my synchronicities here, and and I have a few more that I, I marked down that have happened since I was on the show uh, last. And uh, to me, most of this it's for the person that's involved in it. You know, a person has a UFO experience or has a sighting, or maybe even an abduction experience. And uh, what does it mean to the person that lives down the block? Mm-hmm. I mean, how do you prove? You know. These people are yelling for disclosure. Well, you either believe it or you don't believe it. What do you care what the government tells you about aliens uh, anyway? I mean, to me, it just doesn't seem. What's the difference? It's like telling you that you, the government, should come out and say that God exists. If you don't believe in God, you're never going to believe in God, whether the government tells you or not. And the same thing with aliens and UFOs. If they tell you that they're from Alpha Centauri, they're probably lying anyway, yeah. <laughs> because they do about everything else. And, and not only that, maybe they don't know any too much more than we do. Even if they have uh, you know, a, a wreckage and a couple of bodies, does it got a name tag on it? Mm-hmm. What, what, what does it say? What could they tell by dis, uh, dissecting or doing an autopsy on an alien? It's not human. doesn't tell you whether he comes from another planet. doesn't tell you whether he's got a base underground. doesn't tell you much of anything that I know of. And, in fact... Even if the Roswell craft did the, uh, crash did take place, and I think it was a government experiment, uh, experiment myself, they, they've supposedly had this thing that has the writing on it, but nobody can decipher the writing. And maybe the the, the, write, the writing just says, like, eat a Joe's or something. You know, maybe it's a commercial. <laughs> Who the heck knows? I mean, like, so even, you know, I mean, it, it's like if you went uh, somewhere and you found the wreckage to a, uh, to a boat or something, let's say, that a, a, a vessel that had sank, you know, a hundred years ago, what can you tell by looking at it, really? You know, maybe if you go deep down, you might, well, because you can understand the language or something, mm. but a, a craft from some other planet, eh, you know, what, what is it? It's a, a piece of space debris. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Well, speaking of commercials, uh, it's time for our bottom of the hour break. And uh, you're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno, and this evening with Tim Beckley as well, on WON 1240 in New England's beautiful Blackstone River Valley, and we will be right back. Everything you know is wrong. Hi, I'm Ben Eno. And I'm Paul Eno. Check out our show, Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno, here on ON 1240 AM on Mondays in our new drive time slot at 6 p.m. The paranormal is not what you think it is. You're going to examine the whole thing from a whole new perspective on our show, and we expect that you're going to be very surprised. Do not check your brain at the door. You're going to need it. Be there. Before we get back to our guest and our fascinating discussion, I just wanted to remind you of several of the charities Ben and I have adopted, including usacares.org, does, does great things financially for our veterans, and Canadian Veterans Advocacy for our neighbors to the north. Also, Youth Mentoring Connection, or YMC, in Los Angeles, doing amazing things for at-risk youth using ancient wisdom. Check that out at youthmentoring.org. Tony LeRae has been on our show doing great things, so check that out, please. So let's get back to our conversation with the great... Timothy Green Beckley, who is uh, certainly one of the original, or at least second generation, as he said. Didn't you say it was immortal or something like that? Uh, yes, yes. Uh, we, we, are, we, are not, um, we are not stingy in our praise. So. All right. The so omnipresent certainly. Tim Beckley. Uh, yes, yes, right, yes, indeed. Uh, well, Contraminous of all space. Count St. Germain, the man who lives uh, forever, yes. Uh, well, you do not look your age, I must well, say that. Well, thank you. Yeah, okay. Uh, a lot of good that does me, but that's... Okay. So, we've talked <laughs> yeah. a little bit about how UFO research maybe has not changed. Have UFOs themselves changed? I'm thinking of Ted Phillips and some of his interpretations yeah, yeah. of the most oh, modern... Okay, well, now, okay. Uh, here's, here's how it, it changed in a, in a sense. 
Uh, when I was growing up, I was a teenager. There probably were at least a dozen teenage UFO groups. There was Rick Kilberg, he's still active. Ed Beeble, who I see every once in a while, he lives out in, in Tucson. Dale Reddick, who I had uh, one of my uh, uh, synchronicities uh, with by showing up around with the thing about Alan Vaughn and the, the restaurant where I was in San Francisco and he walked through the door and he didn't even know I was in town. And vice versa. I'd just been talking about him five minutes before he passed away. Anyway, so there were all these active U uh, teenage UFO uh, uh, groups, and we all shared information. Today, there are no, um, as far as I know, teenage UFO uh, groups. Uh, of course, I don't know who's running all these Internet sites. So maybe, maybe, you know, they're maybe all out ghost are. hunting at this point. Yeah, yeah maybe. But, but, yeah, that, I think that's how it's changed. And, of course, everybody was – now, in those days, everybody thought, I, I believe, that uh, UFOs were interplanetary. I mean, that's kind of – everybody had read the books by um, Major Donald E. Kehoe and Edward Ruppelt. And they said, you know, UFOs are from outer space. They had this advanced technology thousands of years ahead of us. Well, it ain't so. Uh, I mean, I guess a lot of us have split camps here where uh, people like Stanton Friedman are still into the nuts and bolts. And people like myself and a lot of others are just into the nuts stuff. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I've become to believe there may be a few hardcore UFOs here, but... Where do they come and where do they go and what are they doing? I mean, they, they just appear in the sky for Joe Ferrier and then they disappear. Where do they go to? Mm -hmm. and, and why? I, I mean, it doesn't seem... Okay, they don't have to follow our plan where we would send an astronaut to the moon and, and go out and pick up some soil or, you know, plant the American flag. I mean, I don't expect them to... But there's got to be some rhyme or reason behind it. And there's no rhyme or reason... Uh, for 50 or 100 or 1,000 years. Of the, they've been here all the time. They or did, human right? rhyme or reason. Huh? Or human rhyme or that's, reason. That's, that's correct. That's the whole key here. We expect them to behave uh, pretty much the way we would behave. Yes, but they're exactly. not operating. See, to me, they're not operating on that same mindset. In fact, I don't know as if they have a, a, a brain or a mind like we think of it. Yeah, they, are able, they are able to communicate through synchronicities, I think maybe through crop circles, if some of those are, are uh, uh, legitimate, by coming into your dreams, maybe by making you think that you were uh, abducted. Maybe you were. I don't know. But there's no even, – even for all these abductions, what's the rhyme or purpose of it? I, I, I can't go as far as uh, all the uh, – uh, the fellow there in uh, Pennsylvania, uh, I can't even think of his name. Uh, that's a historian on the on the abductions and stuff. Uh, uh, any, anyway, he. I can't either. Uh, yeah, me either. I'm blanking. Yeah, out. yeah, blanking out. Okay. See, the aliens have blanked out our mind. Yeah, <laughs> See, Ben, you're not even old. <laughs> no, no. I feel well, like it, it starts young. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so I don't know what what's what's the purpose. They 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 see a dire threat. Well, if the aliens wanted to take us over, either physically they could have done that. If they wanted to take us over, you know, uh, mentally, they could have done that too, and maybe they have on some cases. We've written uh, articles and chapters in our book on UFO possessions and stuff, but they don't seem to have a, a real rhyme or reason. Even Whitley Schreiber, who's had some incredible uh, experiences, he changes his opinion every time he has a new book out, and and mm -hmm. that's kind of what I do too. I mean, to be be honest with you, because you would figure after 50 years you wouldn't be caught in the same rut. That you, you you can't say now. Ted Phillips is another one. He started out with the physical trace uh, cases, and uh, he doesn't uh, go in for I, I think too much of the interplanetary ships now. They no, not now. Yeah, no, yeah, no. The, the interview that I, I did with him, this is on the YouTube. 
of course, now his big thing was he was going to, I believe, Hungary to investigate this thing that's in the cave. I call him Iron Man or, or something yeah. that's uh, down there. But <laughs> so far, he hasn't gotten he hasn't gotten to do it. I guess he's had some. Well, he's, he's, he's tied up with Marley Woods. Uh, well, he hasn't. I don't think Missouri. he's been up to date on that either. I, yeah. the, 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 the Marley Woods isn't that unusual. These ghost ghost lights or spook lights—they've been yeah. all over the place. I, I'm surprised they don't have them up here somewhere. No, well, no, there are a few. Well, I think you know, there's the whole East Coast. The Brown Mountain Lights are famous. Oh yeah, you know, yeah, I've been down there. Business. Surely, Joshua. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Joshua Warren, who's a yeah. good friend. Oh of mine. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but uh, so you've made a nice transition, uh, Tim, into synchronicities. You know. Yes, yes. So, uh, and we've had some of our most fascinating conversations on we that have. subject. So, what is a synchronicity for those who didn't hear oh, your last show well, in August? Oh, okay. Well, now here, 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 for example, here, here's a couple of things that have happened uh, since I last uh, talked to you. Uh, sometimes late at night, I go into uh, a pizza uh, place. Right across the street from the Empire State Building. Cause yeah, you live in Manhattan. Yeah, 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 yeah. They have the doors that open, and, and usually I go in and I read my uh, newspaper or my latest uh, uh, Fate magazine or something like that, you know. And and so I'm sitting there. I had the 14 times, and it was in a uh, an envelope, like a, a Federal Express or UPS uh, envelope. And uh, the place was pretty crowded, and there was a couple. The guy was sitting next to me, and there was a girl uh, uh across from me. I guess they look like they were in their late teens, early 20s. So the girl gets up and she says, are you Timothy Beckley? And at first I was ready to sign autographs and, and, and put my hand out. And I said, well, you know, I kind of mumbled, well, how do you know that? She said, oh, I saw the name on, your, uh, on the envelope uh, here and my boyfriend's name is Timothy and my name is Becky. <laughs> okay, now... You know, I thought about it, and I said, well, that isn't that much of a synchronicity. But you know what the synchronicity is? Why would she ask me that unless somebody told her that I was into synchronicities? You, you see what I'm saying? It, it's, it's, it's so bizarre mm. that that's the important part of it, not that uh, she thought you know, that there was some uh, rationalization or coincidence there. It's that she, she didn't ask the guy uh, next to me across the way or anything. It's me who's on all these shows talking about it, and she picks me to, 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 to ask this question, you know. Also, uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, my friend uh, April had to go to New Jersey. She lives in the, uh, Manhattan to see her dentist. He moved out of Park Avenue and, and went to Passaic or something like that. She's had some problem with her teeth. Uh, she's had uh, braces, uh, orthodontic work, as I was called. Okay, so... She wanted me. She didn't know exactly where the place uh, was, so she wanted me to go with her on the uh, bus to make sure that she got there. Okay, uh, when she got to the officer setting with the rest of the patients, and there's two. I guess it's Saturday, so it's uh, a dental day for kids. I never see see more kids anxious to have their teeth examined, and, and uh, <laughs> certainly <right>? not me. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, they, they had some little toys and, and stuff for kids to play with in the. Uh, in the doctor, in the dentist's office. So the kids pick up an abacus. Now, I don't even know if a lot, a lot of people know what an abacus is. It's the old uh, Chinese uh, calculator, basically, yeah, where you push the, the, button, the buttons across and you, yeah. you keep count on it. But uh, I don't think anybody uses it, uh, but maybe kids do in, in kindergarten because they seem to be playing with it and knew what mm -hmm. it was. Okay, so I was telling, I, I had my telephone with me, and I told April, I said, I'm going to look up uh, abacus to find out what the row of beads and all mean. Okay, so I type in abacus, 
and it gives me some information. And then at the bottom of the screen, uh, it says something about Microsoft, and then under that, other things you may uh, be interested in. And it says, uh, it's spelled out on the phone, bottom teeth braces, bottom teeth hurt. On the, bo- on the bottom of the smartphone, underneath all this other information about a- the abacus. No reason for it to be there uh, that is strange. whatsoever. That's, yeah, that's pretty yeah, yeah. strange. Yeah. I mean, the, the, list go- the list goes on and on. Oh, last time I, I think I mentioned how sometimes I'm able to meet people that I haven't seen for years by just going to a particular location or a town. Okay, uh, there's one that I didn't uh, talk about. There's a fellow by the name of George Fawcett. He was one of the first generations of uh, UFO uh, researchers, and he had an incredible collection of UFO uh, photographs and sightings and all. He, when I first met him when I was a kid, he lived in Pennsylvania, and he ran the New Jersey, Pennsylvania UFO, whatever, whatever it was. And I visited his home a couple of times, and uh, we stayed, we stayed in touch, correspondent. He'd come out with some uh, little newsletter, and he'd send it, and uh, I'd publish it in the uh, magazine. Okay, I hadn't seen him in years. Uh, I'm on the plane, uh, and uh, the plane uh, is a stopover in St. Louis. Okay, so I get off the plane, and I go to the restaurant or the diner or whatever's in the airport to get a bite to, to eat and something, to, you know, a beer or something to drink, because it's probably a two-hour wait. So I get into the restaurant. I get into the restaurant, and lo and behold, who is sitting at the, the, the table but George Fawcett? who I hadn't seen in, in uh, I don't know, maybe uh, 20 years or something like that. But I figure, oh, he's on his way to the same MUFON uh, conference in, in, in Denver, and we've both stopped. That's not too much of a, a synchronicity. So I said, George, you're going to the MUFON conference? He said, no, I didn't even know there's a MUFON conference. <laughs> I'm going to Roswell to see about donating my library to them. So here's a guy I meet in the airport. You know, 2,000 miles away from where I live and another 2,000 miles away from he li- uh, where he lives. And we're just both going about our business. We hadn't seen each other in 20 years. And we said hi. And, you know, I, you know, a lot of people wonder, is there something more behind this than just coincidence? I mean, some of these things are just so bizarre. Behind the paranormal. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Th- that there would be, you know, there was one, one fellow, I, I don't know, he's a good friend of mine, and he uh, lives over here in Smithfield, Rhode Island, and he was in Scotland on the Isle of Skye, middle of nowhere. Mm. He and his wife are going to have dinner at this little pub with four seats in it, middle of, a, of some little lane that wasn't even paved, and he walked in there, and all of a sudden he heard, hey, Jack, <laughs> and it was a guy from Smithfield, Rhode Island. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. Uh-huh. And, and I mean, I looked that up, it's like 20 million to yes, one. yes. The chances of that. Well, now, you know, it's going to happen every once in a in a in a blue uh, moon. I mean, it's yeah, about yeah. okay, and, and you can say, but to have it happening repeatedly, uh, time and time again. Now, there's a, a fellow. He's a deceased uh, by the name of John C. Lilly. John C. Lilly uh, was a, a scientist. Uh, he did uh, uh, communications with dolphins. I guess that's what he's best uh, mm. known for. But he had so many. Uh, synchronicities in his life that he thought that there was actually a governing board. He called it ECCO, Earth Coincidence Control Office. And and he believed that these coincidences were really put in front of people to kind of guide them and lead them in their lives towards maybe a certain destiny or, or something like that. I, I think that there's somebody controlling uh, some of this. I, I mean, I, I, it can't be random. Maybe it could prove that there's a God 
but I'm not I'm not an atheist, but I'm not a believer uh, either. It could prove we're part of somebody's matrix, and this could be uh, you know the engineers at some uh, giant computer board, and this is their uh, uh, they're playing Nintendo with us. I mean I I don't know I don't know what it proves now. Maybe some people have synchronicities that uh, tell them to play the certain slot machine, or or, or the win the you know the race at the. I, I haven't had anything as monumental as that, but it certainly proved to me that there is some sort of uh, outside intelligence. I don't believe that. I mean, the list is getting longer and longer that it could possibly be that random. And why do they seemingly pick some people? like myself, and not other people, or maybe they do, and other people just kind of brush it off or don't notice it because they're not okay, interested so that uh, in, in it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know, looking at, um, well, because maybe I'm... It's given me a second career. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, because now I, I after all these years, I kind of didn't want to do any talk shows anymore because I got tired talking about my three UFO sightings and oh, UFO right. personalities and stuff. So now I got something else. Uh, of course, I've been into the paranormal. You know, my uh, uh, grandfather on my father's side of the family saw a headless horseman. Really? My li- yeah, my life was saved never, by. I can't say I've ever had that experience. Yeah, yeah. My uh, my life might have been saved by a guardian angel or something. When no, I was mine was twice. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so. I know that there is something out there uh, besides us. Maybe they're trying to communicate with us, just like we're trying to communicate with them, but maybe we're using the wrong language. I, I cut, you, are, are you, you must be familiar with the uh, Nokian uh, language of John D. That was our ancestor. I'm joking. Good one. Okay, all right. That distance in time with all, everybody's ancestors. Yeah. Right. Okay, but any, anyway, they were trying, they came up with a language to, uh, to speak with the, the angels, which if you ever tried it, it's pretty incomprehensible. I'm sorry. Mm. I, so, some people have spent their whole lifetime trying to figure out the Enochi and the uh, language yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. And it's, it's like a giant decoder. If you've ever seen it, it's like one layer on top of another layer, and you got to turn this thing one way and to come up with a meaning to say it's pretty. It's pretty strange, but people have long thought that there's a way to connect with the angels or with some of this outside. Now we tried burning candles and levitating tables during the spiritualist uh, movement, but I'm not sure that that really told us too much either. Uh, maybe some of the phenomena was real, and maybe a lot of it uh, wasn't. It's kind of hard to to say, but. We're trying to talk to them, but maybe they're being more successful in communicating with us, but we don't know what language they're using. Well, maybe not. Well, of course, uh, the reader, the readers, I'm speaking as a writer, the listeners know uh, that we rely a lot on the multiverse ideas, rightly or wrongly, and uh, I would tend to look toward that. Perhaps a, a term people might understand would be the collective unconscious mm-hmm. that Jung would use. And... Uh, we have all sorts of parallel lives we're living, uh, according to this anyway, uh, that's all part of us. Mm-hmm. And really, ultimately, we're all part of each other. And I think that might be the, the highway or the network or the matrix, perhaps, by which these coincidences may, may occur, these synchronicities. So that's... Uh, I don't know. I, 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 think, I, I think, yes, maybe in some cases, but it, ha- it has to go beyond that. I don't know. It, it yeah, just it seems seem like, like there's yeah. some kind of control. Behind. So control, yeah, there's yeah, some, somebody yeah. trying to... Either trying to, uh, you know, like tickle our funny bone yeah. or, and, and think that they're, you know, like uh, being playful with Yeah, us. there is a sense of humor behind it. Yeah, yeah. One thinks of the Greeks and Romans and the, believing that the gods actually literally 
played with us as just for their own entertainment. You know, well, Char- Char- Charles, Charles, Fort, uh, Charles Fort, Fort thought that we were like chess pieces, you know, in, mm-hmm. in, in some big game, and we were being controlled, or somebody's uh, manipulating yeah. us. I, I wouldn't say that that's uh, impossible, but I don't want to get too paranoid about it. I mean, no, 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 right? <laughs> or too anthropomorphic either. Yeah. Well, Charles Fort wrote uh, twice about Winsocket, as a matter of fact. Is that right? Yeah, Charles Fort was a um, uh, renowned uh, chronicler of odd phenomena. He was. And he spent a great deal of time in the New York Public Library. He did. Well, he was born in England. Yes. But then he moved to the United States. You know, well, he knew you were going to live in New York someday, so he well, wanted to be there, too. Well, that's possibly true. You know, he, he's buried uh, in the rural cemetery outside of uh, Albany. And there have been some mysterious that. things uh, going on up there. There's a, uh, a lady that I, uh, that I know, I call her the MIB lady. Who, who lives outside of Albany, and we've mm-hmm. gone up there, and there's a um, well. One of the vice, one of the presidents is uh, uh, buried there, and I can't think of who it is. Uh, oh, uh, Franklin Pierce, I think. Oh, uh, yeah. So, I, yeah. I, I, I'm yeah, okay. Wrong. But anyway, there, there's a uh, reflection pool there, and 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 sometimes these black cars uh, show up and they circle the uh, the reflector pool and disappear. Now, I'm wondering if the president that's buried there wasn't a member of some secret society or something like that. Well, black cars in a cemetery aren't too unusual, but disappearing (laughs) is. Oh, oh, in fact, then they've had, they've had, uh, a couple that have been seen in their pajamas flying over the uh, tombstones at night. Well, I think they should be uh, dressed more appropriately when they go there. Uh, and and then, uh, dogs with, uh, you know, like red eyes and things, uh, Uh like that. And, um, Uh, and uh, then the cars that disappeared, they'll go down the lanes and never come out again. And when they pass people who are sitting in the driver's seat, uh, they won't hear any growl. You know, it's all gravel, but they won't hear any sounds or anything. It's all Interesting. Kind of, uh, weird. But I'm sorry to be to cut you off. Uh, oh, no, 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 uh, not at all. And I hadn't heard uh, of that case. But yeah. no, that's all really, really all I was going to say about that. Was it, you know, one oh, no, he wrote about, possibility. He, he wrote about here. Oh, yes, of yes, course. Yes, yeah. uh, Well, one was uh, Marie Rose Farron, who was known locally as uh, sort of a... Uh, still has a worldwide following as a sort of a saint. Okay, mm. she had the stigmata. It's supposed oh, yeah. to be like the wounds of Christ and sort of thing. She lived over here on Asylum Street for a while. That's and, appropriate. And, you know, <laughs> many have said that, <laughs> that on Providence Street as well. But uh, you know, I, I never paid too much attention to that, except that uh, I was in the cemetery one day over here, Precious Blood Cemetery, and to take you on the Blackstone Mass border. Taking some photographs, just because the uh, governor um, Pontier has has a, a beautiful uh, mausoleum. And I thought it might illustrate my talks. I don't usually get too much in the cemetery. Isn't that, isn't that something you get a better place when you die than when you're alive? That sort of thing, exactly. <laughs> yeah, right. Certainly more expensive. But her grave was there. It's flat stone, very unusual, flowers around it. And her bio was there on a little card. I took five shots. The first one was completely black. And they became brighter as they went. Now, this, was, this was slide, uh, yep. Kodachrome, you know, slide photography. And it was... Um, Amazing! It looked as though there was light coming from the grave, and and, you know, and I have a, a sort of a control shot with the same uh, shot of the clouds in the background. You can see it's the same time and mm-hmm. place, and uh, I've never really been able to explain it, but I thought it was uh, interesting. So he wrote about her, and I believe he also wrote about the uh, the Devil's Hole uh, phenomenon. Oh yes, yeah, yes, w- which did. supposedly is on the Woonsocket Hill here, right back where we live, uh-huh. uh, where um, the uh, uh, Wolves were coming out of the ground, and demons, and all this sort of thing. And some priest. Well, I noticed the, the cat in your yard; his hair was standing on end. So maybe. Oh yeah, well yeah, the, the neighbor cat who thinks he's ours. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, it was the first one uh, he uh, met. 
when Tim when Tim arrived. But uh, so yeah, Charles Sport was aware of Woonsocket, and it is a very interesting place. Of course, with Joe Ferrier here, and a lot uh-huh. of UFO sightings, and still going on. We get calls when we do shows about that. So mm-hmm. and it's coming close to that time of year. Since it is already October, true. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So interesting. So uh, tell us uh, before we run out of time here, which we're going to do soon. Mm. Tell us about we're your websites again. You promised me two hours. No. <laughs> oh no, no. There's uh, rumors. Maybe someday we'll go to that. <laughs> no, that's but, um, but no. Tell us about your websites again. Your books. Oh, where goodness. people can find out more. Okay. Well, you know, if you want a free subscription, uh, for some reason, my synchronicity guides have told me to send out stuff for free. Uh, you could just email me at Mr. UFO 8, MRUFO and the number 8 at hotmail.com. The website is conspiracyjournal.com. If you want lots of free uh, uh, interviews, my unbalanced, unedited, and uncensored uh, series, uh, go to YouTube. It's M, uh, wait a minute, Mr. I don't have to spell everything. Come on. Mr. UFO's Secret Files. And you can find some pretty interesting interviews. I mean, people say, oh, he asks the right questions. And hopefully they give the right answers. Uh, well, you can't get the right answers if you ask the wrong questions. <laughs> yeah, that's right, true, right, yes. Right. <laughs> so, so, Tim, tell us, uh, we don't deal much with, in our last few yes. minutes here, Ben will give us a signal. Yes. The, the, the whole conspiracy journal thing, yes. we, you know, I, as I mentioned in the truck on the way over here, uh, I've never been a conspiracy theorist, yes. but I'm getting there. Uh, what... What do you believe about conspiracies? I mean, a lot of them seem kind well, of off y- the wall, you know, but I don't know. Okay. Um, I'm not that much of a... Well, first of all, the website is uh, uh, Tim Schwartz, he, the you know, associate of, of mine. He does the website, put out, uh, puts out a weekly uh, newsletter that's emailed free to know, thousands of uh, people. Uh, my conspiracies, uh, of course, are more paranormal uh, in nature. But we've talked about uh, attempts to, uh, of course, uh, prevent people from getting information about, like, uh, en- uh, free energy sources, Nikola Tesla, and things. Mm-hmm. We've published a lot of books uh, uh, on that uh, subject. Uh, I'm big. I probably am the, uh, uh, the the publishers put out more books on the inner Earth and hollow Earth uh, mysteries that the planet may. In fact, Willie Schreiber has just done a book called The Alien Hunter Underground or something. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. just came out, I guess, a couple of weeks ago. Cool. And, uh, uh, you know, I've, I've written about that for, uh, uh, I don't know, 40 years or 50 years. That's one of the first books that I did was The Shaver Mystery in the Inner Earth, which is now the subterranean world's inside Earth that you can get on Amazon. Or you can just go to Amazon and uh, type in my name, Timothy Beckley, and I don't know, 200 uh, titles mm-hmm. or something will appear because I always just put my uh, name on it uh, just as editor or something. So yeah. that's easier to just tell okay. people to do it and order from... Amazon or us or, uh, you know, borrow it from okay. your library. Or, or, and there, there are links to your sites from our site, too, uh, behind the program. Great, great, great. You know. And thank you, by the way, for coming all the way up from Gotham you City know, to but, be but with us. But I, see, I had to do this because, like I said, I've done a thousand shows over the years, radio and TV and all, and I haven't been in an actual radio studio in, in, in ages because most people just want you to do it on the telephone. <laughs> or Skype, yeah. Yes, yeah, or Skype. Yeah, I, I just yeah. I just put Skype on my uh, tablet, but I still am a little shaky about uh, using it. Cause yeah, I, well, we I, have to use it for yeah, overseas games. I have, yeah, yeah, I have a, um, I have a land uh, uh, line. Mm. Oh, in fact, I, I do a show. I co-host the second Sunday of every month. It's um, on the edge, the outer edge radio.com. And... Uh, Next month, or this month, I'm having Larry uh, Warren uh, next uh, Sunday night at midnight. And then the following uh, 
second Sunday of November, I'm having uh, uh, Bruce on from China. And we're going to do that from uh, mainland China. Yeah. Uh, I met him through a synchronicity uh, as well. I, I, I had to get a refund or a credit on a travel ticket. This is back when there were actual travel tickets. So <laughs> I had just gotten a travel agents. I went to the office of where I had gotten a ticket, and they said, oh, go see that fellow over there. You know. So I'm trying to explain to him about the, the ticket being all messed up, and he agrees with me, and uh, we'll figure out how to give you some credit or your money back or something. And during the course of the conversation while he's figuring out how to do this, he said, oh, what do you do, by the way? And I said, oh, you know, I, I lecture and write on the paranormal and mainly UFOs. And he says, well, that's interesting. Well, about four years later, I'm at a party given by a local contactee, and he's there. Hmm. And I didn't recognize him at first, and we got to talking, and he said, yeah, I know you. You came into the travel agent to get a refund on your ticket. I said, well, what are you doing here? You didn't have that interest in stuff. He said, no, but after I talked to you, I went out and read a couple of things, and uh, you know, I became interested. I met Mark and Phyllis. She worked for a local TV station there in New York, and he went on along with a, a lady that he, um, I think he married uh, uh, later on, Marjorie Pye from Australia. They actually found... Uh, Pyramids. They uncovered pyramids in in Australia. Well, we know now that there are pyramids all over the world, even mm-hmm. though officially we're only told about the ones in, uh, uh, in Egypt, Egypt yeah. and, and maybe uh, Mexico, Mexico, Mexico sure. in, in Central America yeah. or something like that. But uh, they're in Australia, they're in China, and uh, you know, gosh knows uh, where else. And uh, I mean, you can see them on the landscape. Well, that's a pyramid. Yeah. So what? No, it isn't. You know, it's mm-hmm. just rubbish piled up. Exactly. Uh, so anyway, he uh, that was another okay. synchronicity, and uh, it, it is. It's amazing. It's full of them. Okay, Ben, let's take it away with the announcements. Alrighty, so don't miss the uh, second New England UFO conference on October 17th and 18th at the uh, City Hall in Lemonster, Massachusetts. My dad and I will be the uh, first speakers presenting our new program, Strange Connections, UFOs, Cryptids, and Ghosts, on a Friday evening. Our speakers will include Stanton Friedman, uh, Kathleen, uh, our, our speakers, why did I say our other speakers, I should say, Everyone's will include will include uh, Stanton Friedman, uh, Kathleen Marden, uh, Reynolds from Forest, Eyewitnesses, Steve LaPlume, and uh, Mark D'Antonio, and a number of other uh, people that you've heard on this show as well. And uh, we hope to see you there. The information for the event is at any... UFOConference.vpweb.com. And on Saturday, November 1st, Ben and I will be the featured speakers at the Autumn Paranormal Event to benefit the New Hampshire SPCA. This will take place at the Lane Memorial Library, 2 Academy Avenue in Hampton, New Hampshire, from noon to 4. Our program, What's Really Behind the Paranormal. And on the uh, show website at BehindTheParanormal.com, you can find uh, nearly 600 free podcasts as... uh, well as past shows from ON 1240 and our four-and-a-half-year run on CBS Radio, along with uh, special shows and podcasts as well. So also check out our main site at www.newenglandghosts.com, where there are case studies along with photos, photo, photos, photos and articles Follicles. by my dad. Okay. And uh, find my books on Amazon.com, etc., etc. But if you buy them directly at BehindTheParanormal.com, I will sign them for you. Big thrill. And you'll be able to keep all those podcasts free. And again, remember our charities we've mentioned, USA Cares, Canadian Veterans Advocacy, and others. Alrighty, and uh, next Monday, October 13th on ON 1240, uh, we will uh, have a complete coverage of the uh, annual Autumn Fest uh, here in uh, Northern Rhode Island. We'll be doing the uh, closing ceremonies, and then we'll be doing a uh, rebroadcast of the 532nd show from uh, April 28th. A parapsychologist looks at ghost hunting with Dr. Uh, Kieran O'Keefe. And we leave you this evening with a very wise thought from Oprah Winfrey, Oprah Winfrey of all people. 
Be thankful for what you have. You'll end up having more. If you concentrate on what you don't have, you will never, never have enough. I'm Paul Eno. I'm Tim Beckley, and I'll be back in another 50 years. Indeed. <laughs> and I'm Benny Eno, and thanks for joining us on our great cosmic journey, and we shall see you next time. Return to this radio frequency 167 hours from now for another edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno.